0: always rains it always rains but never washes away the suffering of the innocent Silences the screws I've also got them destroyed I'm doing friend
1: I'm Cole Watson
0: uh, so much pain so much pain. So much for starting this episode on a positive note. <clears throat> Hi, Cole. What's the deal with airplane food? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh, Alex. You Hi, have Cole. Too much fun on this podcast. We do this is our third episode of CGM Flashbacks, and if you could tell from my my um, angsty, growly coffee voice, I have cold. No, that's that's not a funny joke. Oops, <laughs> I almost is that a bad start? I don't know, but yeah, we're we're uh, we're here in our in our CGM flashbacks third episode. We've been renewed for a third episode. It's very exciting, and we're talking about Batman, three Jokers, and Batman as a whole. So, um, yeah, a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, originally penned as a special episode until I got sick and we couldn't make Halloween.
0: I'd say it's still a special episode. You know, anytime I get to turn on the old recorder, play a little ditty with my friend Cole Watson, I think it's I think it's worth it.
1: Aw, that's sweet, Alex.
0: Ah, oh, I know, I know. So, Cole, today we're talking about uh, this the the this series known as Batman Three Jokers because it just finished, so it's, it was sort of timely that we're like, hey, we need to find something Batman or you know, Joker or something tangentially related. And uh, this comic has been sort of uh, it's it's been teased for a long time. I think it's been like yeah. five years in the making. Really, if that's I correct. it was, like three. Uh, yeah, it was, I, th- I wrote this down, but it it, it debuted, it, the concept of the three jokers debuted in Justice League 42, which was during the events of Dark Side War. So, for any new 52 Justice League readers, got you. It's all good. Yeah, uh, was- oh my
1: god. I thought it was during Rebirth that it was teased, but no, that's the button I'm thinking about, isn't it?
0: Oh, yes, yes. The good old button. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we don't have to talk about clocks. that. The do- oh, the doomsday clock is ticking. But yeah, in in that sort of Dark Side War story, Batman gets this. He sits on this omniscient chair known as the Mobius chair. And it's basically like it answers any question in the universe. And he his first question is like, who is the Joker? And then it's like, uh, oh, no, sorry. He asked who, who murdered his parents first, which makes sense. That, that's Batman's thing, right? He's like, "Ah, oh, who did it? And then it's like, oh, it was Joe Chill. And then and then he asked who the Joker was. And the answer was, the chair was kind of being a bit, a, a bit nifty there. It was saying, it said, there are three Jokers. It says there are three Jokers. And then he didn't ask a follow-up question, like, what are the three Jokers? He just, like, <laughs> sat there in silence. And then the New 52 ended, Rebirth started, and we never really had a sense of whether we'd get this three Jokers story. But then, hey, 2020 comes around, and we get Batman three Jokers.
1: Yeah, through the new black label that DC's putting out.
0: Yeah, the it, Black Label is interesting because it's like, on one hand, they're doing new stories that are built for Black Label. But on the other hand, they're just like, yeah, remember that story from 20 years ago? That's Black Label. Yep, always was. Always oh, they're was. actually
1: putting old stuff into it now? I didn't know about yeah.
0: that. Yeah, so anything like The Killing Joke, or th- I'm pretty sure The Dark Knight Returns, all that stuff, that's now a Black Label. It's like, this is a mature reader line, um, which is, you know, interesting by, by the folks at DC Comics. I kind of liked it when I heard of Black Label as like a... Like it, it sort of felt like a fresh thing where they were going to do new stories, and then these were the black label ones. But going back and doing it, it's kind of like, well, a lot, there's like, you know, thirty percent of DC comics that are black label now, and it's like, huh, okay.
1: Yeah, that really makes it lose a lot of its luster. Like I remember when black label was originally penned, and it was, uh, it was the Batman Damn storyline or whatever that was coming out <laughs> at the time. And the first thing that sets it off is Bat Penis. Yeah, they, oh, <laughs> they never yeah. could recover.
0: Yeah, it was Bat Penis, and it, so for those that don't know about Bat Penis, this was the first time that you get to see Bruce Wayne or Batman's penis, and it was, like, you know, it was a penis in the, in a comic. It's, like, great, uh, but it was, it was like, a little – it was, like, a non-story, and then it was a huge story, and the DC Comics ended up censoring it in the trade and, like, in the <laughs> yeah. second printings. We will so, never
1: show the penis again.
0: So if you got that first printing of, of Batman Damned, and you have, like, the only – like the first and maybe only appearance of batman penis which is like oh my gosh it's a collector's <laughs> item i have two copies of that i i mean i don't know i'll any questions you have but it, i yeah i have two copies of it and last time i checked like a year ago they were worth like 85 dollars each it's like oh what, is this, what is
1: what this what a key so, issue the first yeah, appearance.
0: It, it is the first appearance yeah yeah yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah. but we're not talking about batman Dam by brian Azzarello and lee Bermejo. No, because I don't think it was very good. No, it wasn't. (laughs) You know, the question is: Is Three Jokers good? I don't know. But before that, what did you think when you first heard it was coming out? Like, were you were you aware? Like, did you read the Fifty Two? Did you read that Justice League issue? And you're like, oh, there's three Jokers, and you like went through half a decade of your life, and then we're (laughs) like, ah, what? Three Jokers.
1: Yeah, I'm very familiar with uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's new 52 run of Batman because that one uh, is just a really fun read for people who are new to comics or veterans of the veterans of the trade. But um, with the three Joker storyline that popped up originally, like you said, in, in Justice League, uh, I remember going through Dark Side War and events just aren't my thing.
0: It's because you have taste.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the issue with events is that there's so many things to juggle And just no one can land them properly in recent years. Like, the last time I think an event really landed was, like, Marvel Civil War. Oh, wow. Everything else to me just, I I feel like it's too confusing. And Mm -hmm. it's so much information that you have to digest in every single panel that they're just Mm -hmm. never worth it to me. But this detail coming out about three Jokers was really interesting because the Joker, the Joker does have so many personalities across so many timelines and so many multiverses. Uh, originally when this was, was penned to to show up or whatever. I thought, okay, it's going to be three different Jokers from three different universes that uh, have coexisted now because uh, even during the new 52 timeline, there was a uh, Superman, Lois and Clark, I think was, was happening at the time where, Uh, new 52 superman was still a thing but the superman from the previous uh previous run before a crisis event uh he was back in this one and he was just uh covertly doing operations and missions and saving people
0: so it's a very like confusing sentence for people (laughs) who don't know what the new 52 is but uh, basically uh, dc comics launched in 1939 with detective comics number 27 or no action wait was action comics first Anyway, yeah,
1: should
0: be, should be DC Comics put out Action Comics, then they put out. I think they put out Detective Comics after that. I, yeah, Action Comics is the first superhero that makes sense. I don't know why I had to think about that, but uh, <laughs> basically, they you know they did they, they did a few relaunches throughout the years. They did a few uh, universe shaking events to keep things in, in their mind fresh. But the U fifty two was the first time that they took their entire line of comics and relaunched them as number ones, and this includes Action Comics, which is I think was approaching. Uh, you know 900 or something issues or, or detective comics too where it was like
1: yeah. crazy
0: crazy high number of books that they finally um renumbered for the first time and with that they sort of made it a thing that like hey these last uh 70 so years of comics they now take place in a five-year span they made they made the heroes younger they made them i think they wanted to make them hipper but they used the word hipper so it was like oh guys <laughs> i don't know maybe you're not yeah. doing it but wanted to yeah. really
1: nail down some mythos and timelines of certain events
0: yeah and they cut out a lot of relationships and stuff, and that's something that they've sort of brought back since then. But uh, it, it, it was a thing where it was like these this Superman and Clark was from a, from a different world that like was like the regular world before the New 52 kind of thing, and then they were yeah. in that world and thing. And, yeah, Batman's on that chair, and he's he says that there are three Jokers. And, honestly, it was something that sort of felt throwaway in a way t- to me because, you know, you you, you did the New 52 – it, and then, but then you do rebirth, like you do a full separate sort of launch and kind of going away from a lot of things that U fifty two did. Yeah. And I I never expected for you know Jeff Johns to actually do this story, especially since he was working out on the TV side for, for for DC Comics and Warner Brothers. But then he's recently stepped back on that and come back to comics, and he I guess he he wanted to tell this three Joker story.
1: Yeah, and he's he's a fitting one for it. Jeff Johns really, I I think he's great for just small stories like this that really just are, are compact, to the point. But the issue that always happens with him is, that I find is that him executing endings has never been a, a <laughs> great strong suit of his. But we'll get into that later, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, the the first comic I, you know, read and fell in love with was Blackest Night, which actually was an event comic, which is kind of crazy. But it's, like, basically a zombie thing on the on the DC universe. And that was written by Jeff Johns. So he's sort of, like, my first comic writer that yeah. uh, we got in there. But, yeah, Three Jokers. I picked up that first issue and I didn't like it. Oh really? Yeah. Top yeah, to bottom
1: I, or was there a certain thing about it that?
0: It was I don't know. I I'm not a huge fan of like the super serious Batman going on super serious missions and treating things like super serious and I I know that that's kind of like integral to his character in a lot of ways <laughs> yeah. but I sort of like when there's a bit more lighthearted when there's like a Robin there or like or something different or even the stuff that Grant Morrison did where there's a really cool mythology going on around this stuff and you don't really know where it's going to go. And I felt that the first story is as, 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 I mean, I was sort of hooked by the three Jokers thing. Cause Hey, I, I had read the, that comic five years ago and I was like, well, I've waited for five years. I may as well read the rest of the series. Uh, yeah. But the first issue was just kind of like, Oh, this is, this is okay. We'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: So was it like, so it's a case of how they're handling the characters and their personalities that fundamentally is already like getting you on edge for this.
0: Yeah. And then my other thing was, the first issue, I feel like it, I mean, it set up the mystery of the three Jokers and I was like, okay, this is interesting. But at the same time, I was like, why is this a story that like, I I didn't feel that it was a story that really needed to be told after the first issue. Like there wasn't much in it that I was like, okay, I like I, this is, this is really crucial. And this is something that I really want to see. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And that sort of changed as it went on and then sort of maybe didn't change, but uh, yeah, it, you enjoyed the first issue more than I did.
1: I, I would definitely say that. I I, I think that. Batman being a super serious character in any story just seems at this point like it's it's too tropey and so it should change up occasionally. But the characters that I mainly paid attention here were Barbara and Jason. I think right. they're still the 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 standouts of this issue and and in the series in general I think they are.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's I mean ba- Batman's doing his thing, but it really is like there's three Jokers. And there's three people who are being sort of affected by them. And one of them is Barbara because of the whole effects of the killing tro- joke and the, the whole, the, uh, all the terrible things that happened to her. And, I mean, Jason got beat to death by one of these Jokers. So, I, I, I think Jeff Johns picked the good three characters to sort of um, highlight in this, in this story. I mean, you have to put Batman in, but in a way, his, his story with the Joker feels a little less, like, interesting than the other two, which is a strange thing to say.
1: Yeah, like, thematically, they're all brought together by trauma, but right. Bruce and Batman are not affected by that with Joker in a way. It's that the, the thematic one that he's supposed to be tied to is Joe Chill.
0: Right, right. Yeah, which is I mean he's he's a big player in this one, and Joe Chill's the guy who who killed Bruce Wayne's parents and he's sort of got that, you know, he's not too happy about that. He's like, Oh man, yeah. why'd you kill my parents? Why'd Don't you do, do that? that? Come on, man. Come on, Joe Chill. For for a guy named Joe <laughs> Chill, Chill out. Gonna... Hey. hey. <laughs> So that's the yeah. end of my podcast
1: everyone have a great night thank you
0: thank you, thank you, thank you. thanks to our sponsor <laughs> Batman, dc comics yeah so that the, the first and i you know it was it was interesting enough or i i think it was that i had waited long enough or i you know it i was gonna read the second issue no matter what i thought of the first issue I was gonna read it all basically yeah. uh, and i liked the second issue more it it did some i feel like it had more fun like there was stuff where they were going into these in like they were in this like swimming pool and there's a bunch of zombies that they were like beating up and, and they were sort of quipping back and forth. And Jason and Barbara had sort of an interesting relationship where it was like, Hey, they both gone through this trauma and they were sort of uniting about it and being there for each other and all that kind of stuff. And then Jason gets taken by the Joker and almost beat to death. And there was an interesting thing where basically the, um the idea of the Jokers was to take someone who was close to Batman and turn them into a Joker. Cause then it's even more tied to it. And like, make sure that the Batman and the Joker are always tied together in like an intimate kind of way. um yeah. So, the idea of, like, oh, they're going to turn Jason into, into the Joker is a bit on the nose, but I kind of liked it. Because, I mean, obviously, he's wearing the red hood. Yeah, he's, he's taken on, on that persona, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, he, he's, he, he has taken that on in the comics to be a, in defiance of Joker, right? Like, he's the reason he's red hood is to be like, you couldn't kill me, yeah. and now I'm the red hood, and I'm sort of coming for you kind of thing. At the um, same time,
1: he's also defiant of Batman in that he's the only one member of the Bat family that does kill.
0: He does. And, uh, you know, there were three Jokers in this series. So that's what that's what the title said. But by the end of the second issue, there's two, right? Uh, and, and that's the uh, first issue, actually. What was the first issue with yeah, the murder? First okay. Issue. Then it was the Fallout that I liked. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, that actually makes sense because that ending and, like, I just get sick of cliffhanger shooting death endings. And I'm like, oh, God, like, sure, there's like a 50% chance this is real, 50% chance there's not. And I don't want to do the, the, the busy work to do it kind of thing. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, there's two jokers by the it, by the time issue 2 comes around there's two jokers and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: Cuz the three that we're introduced to are the criminal, which is like an older style joker in that he's actually an old man, very serious even though if he laughs or anything, he can, it it hurts him. Very anxious.
0: <laughs> I like it. It's yeah. so edgy. Very
1: edgy. Very edgy. <laughs> and then you have uh the comedian, which is more typical of your uh of your killing joke persona Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then there is oh what's the third one the clown isn't it
0: yeah i think it's the clown and that's more like the the sort of unhinged i think that's the one you get in like um uh black mirror and that kind of stuff and uh, you know uh, scott snyder's run too where he's like ripping off his face and he's he's like unhinged but he's like it feels like there's no method to his madness kind of thing and he just does it here to cause chaos yeah 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 the the one that gets shot is is which of the three because i have no idea it's the clown the clown gets shot. Okay. Yeah.
1: Cause he's the one with the acid flowers and the serrated edge playing cards and all that. And he's the one who claims that he's the one that killed Jason and such. And so Jason very personally involved with this one. Yeah. Kills him. He does. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's the criminal and the comedian who are still alive. Actually. I just double checked that. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jason shoots him and Batman, you know, in issue two, Batman does this. We shouldn't kill people uh jason and jason's like hey this guy like beat me to death um and he was gonna kill more people kind of thing and you know batman's obviously not for that but i i felt that there were some really good moments between jason and and barbara in this one and that kind of journey and then uh the pacing was good where jason sort of gets taken by these jokers and he's like and it's like oh is is he gonna is he gonna get killed or not or what's gonna happen he ends up making it out but very much broken by them and uh i i thought it was a good issue and i also didn't know when i finished this issue that it was only a three issue story which thematically i guess makes sense but it it sort of felt like there was too much to wrap up for a story that had been teased for five years
1: yeah because first issue is very much a setup issue and then that gives you only really one issue to to introduce like your introduce you into the climax get you into the rising action raise the stakes and then mm. third issue, everything has to wrap up. And it's, it's too much to handle.
0: It it really is. Which, I mean, brings us to issue three. But what, what did you think of issue three?
1: Issue three is kind of a reason why modern comics to me just... Modern superhero comics to me don't really appeal to me anymore. Mm. Is that I would have loved if Jason actually became a third Joker. Or Barbara or someone else involved in the Batman mythos had done that because the big thing that this one could have done is create some impact. And that's what (laughs) I think that superhero comics today are terribly missing in terms of their endings and creating these big story arcs that go on for, uh, I mean, a big issue that I remember we connected over was uh, Tom King's run with the wedding between Batman and Catwoman
0: that just never came (laughs) (laughs) yeah that 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 issue 50 was a oof 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 good stuff and i i agree it was like by the time this i finished this issue the place that it ends i was like nothing happened yeah like nothing happened like it's it's ending kind of thing is where um the the um the i think it's the comedian shoots the criminal if if i'm correct there i I think so yes so so the comedian shoots the criminal and basically does this thing where it's like hey you and Joe chill are cool now. Cause uh, Joe chill and Batman kind of, kind of, um, they make up and everything. And now I'm your greatest lover slash like, like I'm, I'm, I'm the single greatest cause of your pain now. And it's like, great. And then the comic ends with Batman being like, I, I knew his identity all along the first week that I met him. And it's like, wait, but if you knew it the first week, like it, it's just such a weird thing and it also kind of does what the mobius chair where he's like there's three jokers and he's like what's going on i don't yeah. really understand but it also just felt like the joker as a character his whole thing is that no one knows who he is and i think that giving him an origin is, is kind of strange to do and i mean the killing joke does it but it does it in a way that like hey like it does it with a purpose like it takes batman and it takes the joker and he's like hey like what can one bad day turn someone into right yeah, um, and then, it's a
1: whole theoretical situation that could have led down multiple paths, and it's yeah. up to interpretation if this one's yeah. even true.
0: Yeah, it's it's basically just like a it's basically like a theory of like what could have possibly caused this this man that is the Joker or or this person that is the Joker, and this the way this series ends its big thing is like joker's identity doesn't matter joker's identity he's 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 a being of chaos and it's like yeah that's joker 101 and that's 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 your big end jeff johns like yeah but at the (laughs) end
1: you reaffirm that it is actually the killing joke joker
0: (laughs) yeah it's like five years in the making and it's like yeah it's we're 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 a black label comic we're mature and 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 there are things that like i this issue like and this series sort of teams with that sort of like faking like we're black label or or faking like we're mature and being like we have to do this stuff and we're everything's so serious and it's just comes across as like them thinking that the audience is dumber than we are yeah (laughs) it's like okay that's 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 interesting and
1: like you already pointed out the mobius chair inconsistency of that if he already knew why did he even ask the question and then it was for me even if we knew his name are you telling me anyone would just get a hold of his family? Like everyone knows Harvey Dent is Two-Face. Everyone knows right. Oswald Cobblepot is Penguin. You mm-hmm. don't screw with their families, even their extended families, because
0: there's always the slightest chance if you do, you're yeah. going to end up dead. And that's even if they have families. Like Exactly. You you think the Joker is like checking in on his aunt or something or like <laughs> like like I don't know. It's 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 like the fact that you know his name almost doesn't matter. Like the fact is, this is the guy in front of you that should be whatever, either in jail or put a bullet in him. But it doesn't matter who the Joker is, and that's like that's sort of like the you know the scary part of the Joker. Like he could be anyone, maybe, or like you don't know where he came. Is 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 he the devil? Which is something that like uh, Scott Snyder's run played with, and like, or is he just like you know is he more than one person? Which this series sort of tried to play with, but yeah. at the end. It's, Everything that's done in this issue is sort of like, okay, but what's what's the point? What's the point of this?
1: It's like the sitcom syndrome where you have to create uh you have to create a conflict and then by the end you end up still at the status quo. And that's exactly where we end up again with this. Mm -hmm. Where no one is creating like a comfort circle of like trauma or anything. Like the the best thing that could have come out of this was that Barbara and Jason don't even give them a a romantic relationship. Like, keep that moment of their little kiss or whatever. But at the end, they should come together because they are the most affected individuals in the Bat family that have to deal with that. And while Barbara had a circle of people to help her through her therapy and who supported
0: her, Jason had none of that, even when he came back. Mm Mm-hmm. That's that. That's the other thing I didn't like about this book because there's like, I mean, throughout the series they focus on Jason and Barbara as people who are sort of um, brought together by their trauma and sort of helping each other out. And in this issue, Jason's like, "Let's kiss," and Barbara's like, "No, no, no, like, let, like, let's not. Like, you know, this the, uh, you know, I, like, I care for you, but not in that sort of way." And then he like writes her a letter and be like, "I can be whoever you want me to be. I'm gonna stop <laughs> being Red Hood, or I could be Red Hood. Like, either way, I just want to like be with you and stuff." And it's like, <laughs> and then. I think the implication at the end is the janitor sweeps it away, but the janitor is the Joker, and he's like, "You'll never read this letter. I'm the Joker." And I it's was like, "The fourth Joker." It's like, "What?" The handyman takes the letter, and yeah, I I, I thought this. The, I mean, this book fell flat for the, the reasons we've already mentioned, but also because yeah. like this issue kind of drops the the Jason Barber relationship and makes it kind of like, "No, I'm damaged. Ugh, we're too edgy for each other." And it's like, "Well, this is just strange. I don't I don't know why." It, Cole, you know what I thought was here. like
1: one of the biggest ass pulls, though of the thing? Sure. Was when Joe Chill dies, and for some reason, I don't know why Jeff Johns thought this was a smart idea. They're like, okay, now for the next couple of panels with his headstone, just mm-hmm. focus in on the J-O, because it's the only common letters that Joker has with him.
0: Damn, he was him all along. I don't wow.
1: understand.
0: So, yeah, you know, we didn't love Three Jokers. And, and no. the other thing is, uh, and this was something I talked about my, with, with a couple of friends in Weekly Comics podcast. But uh, it's got some weird politics in this book where Joe Chill is like, yeah, you know, like I, I killed the Waynes because they were billionaires and they weren't, you know, like I was he, but, but basically like he was a person like who had been who didn't have money was working his whole life and felt like that people shouldn't have a billion dollars. Yada yada Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. And he then said, like, okay. They had. And it's like, I mean, I, I think that makes sense. Like if, you know, these people walking around with their pearls and everything, you feel kind of angry at them. And then he's like, but then I realized that the rich are awesome. Yeah. so It's all good. And it, it, it was like a weird thing where like the message first was like, okay, like that makes sense. And then when he killed them and saw Bruce, he was like, this is not the way to do it kind of thing, but he killed him. And then saw Bruce, and then was like, "But the rich are lovely." And it's like, "Oh, okay." It's just, I didn't yeah. love this book, Cole, but I also had a joy reading it. Like it was kind of fun to read these three issues and see where Jeff Johns was going to go with it. And it's been such a long time coming that um, when a new issue did come out, and when a new issue came out this week, even though my friends were like, "Man, this is a bad issue," I'm like, "Oh, I'm so excited! I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to reading this." Because it is a good conversation piece. I'll give it that. When you have three Jokers in a book, people yeah, have to Yeah, that's cool it's cool yeah and i don't think this takes place in continuity which is a strange thing because it took place in u52 I, like this feels like jeff johns is trying to be like i'm gonna write a killing joke but i'm not gonna say anything with it i just like, i don't want to say anything because what if it's not good or something or whatever i don't know i yeah. i, I don't really like i've liked jeff johns as a writer in the past he's written some of my favorite stuff but recently i've sort of had diminishing returns between this and, and doomsday clock but I, yeah that's that's three jokers which that joker is... was your favorite <laughs> um
1: yeah i'd say it's still just the killing joke one like the criminal was i don't know they're all just so surface level Mm. they are just surface levels level personas to me at the end of the day until you get you know the one that is clearly the original at least that we should interpret as the original or whatever until we get another series in this
0: yeah but... well and the, and the original one's killed off in this one right like the, the the guy that shoots him is sort of like ah, i'm the funny one haha yeah but yeah I'm like are we are, are we gonna get a three jokers in in the future like is that, oh.
1: three mr freezes
0: <laughs> <laughs> i remember i you know i this is this is normally not a good thing to do but i was i was going on comic book roundup to look at the reviews uh and there was there was a review gave it 10 out of 10 and the comment was do this with bane and i'm like does he want three banes in a book or like is that both, <laughs> is that both... that's interesting it'd be cool if they're like three banes and like one of them's like the luchador one and they're all just like wrestling and it's like oh this is so cool yeah
1: and then they have to break three batmans
0: yeah i you know and at the end of the day this comic isn't fun and i understand that not all comics have to be fun but i feel like there's like no joy in this other than the the the, the sort of fish fun that sort of had with the joe christ fish for a bit like there was some zaniness there in issue two but it just sort of feels like a very dark and gritty story for the sake of being dark and gritty as opposed to the sake of like telling a story that happens to you know go to dark places.
1: Yeah, it just doesn't really contribute anything at the end of the day, is the saddest point that I think this does.
0: Did you love three jokers? No. Write to us now. <laughs> no. I thought, no. I thought originally <laughs> it was just a question to me. Oh, <laughs> well, it is now. Sorry guys. Your write-ins won't be counted. Because Cole Cole has decided. No, uh, I've decided
1: for you it's a no.
0: <laughs> is there anything else you want to say about three jokers before we take a quick break? No. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. We talked about Three Jokers, but when we get back, I think we're going to be a bit more positive and talk about the things, you know, Batman, our experience with it, what we like, what maybe we don't like, but uh, either way, stick around. Man, what a bunch of Jokers. And we're back! Wow, Cole.
1: What an exciting break, Alex.
0: Wow, I, I'm
1: sure you did something
0: with that transition. I did. It was really good. <laughs> I hope it's good now. Now there's pressure to make it good, but we survived talking about three jokers. Um, and you know, I think we should get I think we should get a nice little prize for that. And uh, you know, we could start off with talking about our first experience with Batman. What's What's your earliest Batman experience, Cole?
1: My earliest Batman memory, like, I don't even think it's, like, a TV show or a movie or a a cartoon. I think it was just, like, mom and dad bought me toys as a kid, and that's how I first got introduced to Batman and all kinds of superheroes as my Mm -hmm. earliest memories. And so it would be just throwing batman at spider-man and throwing whatever <laughs> i like you to throw my toys that. at I was a kid no they're I not in it. the
0: same universe cole
1: no i'll throw hot wheels at them too
0: hot wheels wow. mcu is, is great <laughs> i feel oh i know but th- there have been hot wheels dc and marvel cars so that th- that's allowed illegal yeah, but i didn't flight. have that other ones. stuff i was just throwing Uh-oh.
1: porsches and mustangs
0: <laughs> <laughs> take this batman <laughs> take this
1: batman this 1970 wow. porsche
0: <laughs> Ooh! Wow, nice catch there, Batman.
1: <laughs> you really punched that, Batman.
0: Uh, well, yeah. You, about, well, it just I, I think that toys makes a lot of sense with like how people would be brought up with superheroes because like visually they're like bright or they're dark, but either way they're like visually interesting and Batman looks cool. When you're a yeah. kid and you're like, wow, he's got his cowl. He looks like a bat. He's so cool. And he's like, I'm Batman. Yeah. And then your parents are like, well, I hope you're not Batman because that means I'm going to get gunned down an alley. But <laughs> uh, whatever. Play your game, kid. Um, but my first experience with Batman oof, was probably, was it the animated series? I don't know if it was Batman, the animated series. But that's the one that I sort of remember um, as being sort of the, the one that made me be like, oh, man, I like Batman. Batman's so cool. And it was just when i was watching it i was young so it was kind of a bit dark for me yeah and i mean for for like both in terms of like just hue and like the the, the way that they color that show where it's always taking place at night and the red
1: skies
0: yeah like really nicely stylized but also the stuff going on was a bit scary for me at the time Um, but i always was like batman's gonna make it through and he's gonna save the day and that was that was sort of what i brought through and he was this he was this guy who was not as you know not stronger um, not even necessarily smarter i mean he is but he would just had that determination that he could figure things out and he would always make it out in the day and as a kid i was like that's really cool like i i, I really like batman
1: yeah my first experience even with the animated series technically wasn't the animated series itself it was actually mask of the phantasm
0: oh wow you started off well
1: yeah because uh we used to have uh where i used to live in in the clarkson community of mississauga uh, there was a just an old video shop called Video Ninety Nine right next to a convenience store, and me and mom would pop over there every now and then during the week, and I would just get new stuff to new stuff to watch. And one of my most frequent rentals was Batman: Mask of the Phantasm.
0: Yeah, but, that is fantastic.
1: Yeah, but but as a kid, especially how dumb I was when I was young, I didn't yeah. understand a hell of a lot of it. But look, big picture,
0: <laughs> big booms,
1: good fights
0: yeah yeah it's i mean batman animated series it is a children's tv show but it's one of those and i think that, like a lot of animated shows these days are are made so that you know adults can enjoy them and stuff but back in the day i'm not so sure about that but batman definitely was where it was like this is this is a beautiful show it's got great voice acting it's got interesting characters and um
1: fantastic writing throughout
0: yeah paul dini and bruce tim doing their thing um who's the other guy in there i don't know there's a, the there's there's more people involved in the show i'm sure but yeah uh mask of the phantasm was one that i didn't see till like i think three years ago actually um, really that long yeah so i saw like all of the animated series liked it and i saw i saw the batman beyond movie i saw all of batman beyond 2 the the sort of return of the joker yeah um, and then for some reason like I'd, I'd always heard about phantasm but i never owned it and i never really had the opportunity to own it and then I was in Newfoundland, actually, uh, in, the, in your stomping grounds at, at Avalon yeah. Con, uh, which is the convention that takes place in St. John's. It's it's their biggest convention. It, it costs more than Toronto Comic Con does, and it's like one room of like people there. It's it still really blows cute me though. away
1: that it's that expensive.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty wild. The, the the guests were like, it was one of the doctors from Doctor Who, and the other one was this guy who like has a bear and plays a tambourine, and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> well, that's cool.
1: It's and that was like the
0: big panel of the day where he would like get all the kids in the middle and they'd play the tambourine with the bear and it was like, huh, it's fun. <laughs> but I there was a pile of DVDs and there was Batman: Mask of the Phantasm and I was like, oh, I should probably check this out. So we took it back to our hotel room and realized we didn't have a DVD player, so I had to wait till I got back to Toronto. Um, oh, but when I did, me and my brother watched it and it was it was fantastic. It was a it was sort of like a perfect episode of the animated series but stretched out even longer where you got to experience it for a longer time which i mean you know it's 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 an hour and 20 minutes instead of instead of 20 minutes but it's such an interesting um movie and it does such a good job with all the rogues gallery and the joker and the the actual phantasm and bruce wayne and uh it was just so good (laughs) and and, you know even though that was three years ago like i I, i've been i I watched um a good chunk of animated series earlier this year and it's just such a fantastic show that manages to hit hit the character so well. And it's a part of the character that I like, because this is like, it's a Batman that doesn't talk all that much. And I think that sometimes superhero comics get, get into their own head where they're, where they're, you know, monologuing a lot. And when there's a lot of text, that's not (laughs) written well, it's, it's, it's not my favorite, but the the animated series, like it it knew what it wanted to do. It knew what it was going for. and knew that its characters were good. and knew that the voice acting was good. There was this confidence to it. There was this sense of, sense of sort of cohesion in the sense of that they were actually able to back up their confidence. And man, I love that show.
1: Yeah. It's, it's an excellent show throughout, even when it changes art styles and stuff in season four with the new Batman investors, it, mm-hmm. it still keeps up that quality of writing so well. And yeah, yeah. Probably one of the best aspects for it for me is that like you said, previously Alex, that Batman doesn't really talk a lot, in the episodes like he is obviously our main character and he's got to foil the plot of the villain but it's really the rogues gallery that carries the episodes right a lot of the time
0: yeah and i mean like talking about mark hamill's joker and it's like the moment that i that i realized that the guy who plays luke skywalker is voicing this maniacal clown was like one of the it was just one of the coolest moments that I've had watching a TV show or anything where it's like, well, he's, he did that. And now he's doing that and his laugh and everything. And the just, biggest hope in the universe has this laugh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Whoa, Mark Hamill had a rough few years. He really <laughs> did, But I'm, I'm glad he made it out. And I'm glad we got to get his Joker. And as much as the Joker is definitely my favorite. And I think he's the best, I think he's the best character in the show. I think he's, he's just fascinating and lots of fun and zany and, there's episodes where he's like, it's interesting talking about three Jokers because there's episodes where he's like, you know, lovable and sort of like playing jokes just to play jokes. And he's trying to rob a bank of like a trillion dollars or he's copywriting a yeah. uh, Joker <laughs> <My laughs> like fish. Is, are
1: my favorite is the one I forget if it's either he wins the lottery or he comes into a massive inheritance.
0: Joker's millions. Yes. yes. Was a, yeah. That's the one where the mob, there's a mob boss who dies and he leaves the Joker like a billion dollars um and the joker's like but this guy hated me but then he's like oh who, who cares i got a lot of money so yeah. it turns out that instead of having a billion dollars this guy only had like a million dollars but joker's been spending money so fast and he's like reformed but he's just like he's just he's living the rich life and it's really enjoyable to watch him do that and then it turns yeah. out that he's like massive massive debt and, and like the and like the uh is it nra or is that the gun people
1: <laughs> uh I think it's the IRS, isn't it? IRS,
0: yeah, because the NRA is not at well, I don't know. Uh, but the IRS <laughs> is after him, and it's just such a such a great episode. That that's actually the one I wrote down too is like what's a standout episode in the animated series. Yeah. That's oh, it's yeah. so good.
1: Joker's actually not my favorite villain in the animated series.
0: Okay, okay. Even though
1: he's he's so iconic and stuff, my favorite ones surprisingly is Mr. Freeze.
0: Okay, I can see that.
1: And the big reason why is because every time Mr. Freeze shows up, it's more or less a a way to expand his tragedy and his downfall.
0: Yeah. He he doesn't get, it's not a happy show for Mr. Freeze. It's
1: never a happy show for Mr. (laughs) Freeze.
0: Even when it continues into Batman Beyond, he is so depressed and shattered. I think that was my favorite one when, when he's like in the future and he like, he basically like commits suicide kind of thing. And it's just like so yeah. sad, and they're just and like ice world and everything, and it still Lee carries Terry, on.
1: That thing. No one cares about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, this poor man.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, that that is a great pick in terms of like the Joker is lots of fun, which is why I sort of go with him, and he's you know greatly voice cast. But Michael and is Mister Freeze, it, he very much is can be considered the emotional core of this series and the moments where it gets the darkest and the moments where you're like, you, you, you feel the most and just the way that he delivers his line. It's so haunting and sort of um, it's, it's, it's disconnected from the world, which is, you know, fitting. Cause he's, he's a guy trapped in ice, trying to save the love of his life. Who's, who's, you know, dead basically. And it's just such a hauntingly wonderful portrayal.
1: Yeah. Now the animated series and Batman beyond does him justice. I wish Mm -hmm. Sub-Zero did him justice.
0: Yeah, I never saw that one, but I'm. uh, what happens in that?
1: With Sub-Zero, it's that I'm going to kidnap Barbara Gordon because Barbara Gordon has an extremely rare blood type that matches Nora. And if I put her blood type with Nora, I can revive her. (laughs) And I can solve this disease. Nice. (laughs) But it's so weird because it all takes... Like, after... Uh, freeze kidnaps her it all takes place on an oil platform which just isn't a super fun place to fight in
0: you don't like oil
1: no but of course the oil platform catches on fire and then freeze has to do a sacrifice moment where it's like you know maybe i shouldn't have done that yeah i'm sorry (laughs) i kidnapped you and you know what batman you go i'm gonna i'm gonna die with my wife
0: Nothing's really changed by the end of this start of this and the end of this. It's like a it's like three yeah. jokers, you know? Well, like if I never learned this story, I would have been just as happy. <laughs> exactly. It's all good. It's all good. But yeah, like there's like Killer Croc, Man-Bat, Scarecrow, even like Rupert Thorne who's like a straight up gangster. Uh there's Clayface, Mad Hatter, Poison Ivy, The Riddler I yeah. really like too in this series. He's he's lots of fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, the actual has, creation of Harley Quinn.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, she's DC's third pillar now, which is kind of crazy to say. Sorry, Wonder Woman. Uh, but DC <laughs> Comics was like, yep, it's uh, Superman, Batman, and Harley Quinn. And it's like, oh. Yeah, we
1: want the clown right. girl.
0: We want the clown girl. And yeah, some great episodes with Joker and Harley Quinn. Uh, Rachel Ghoul with his sort of. The Rachel Ghoul episodes were always interesting too, because it sort of felt like a different tone, uh, more of like a like like an old sort of like high seas epic, even though it wasn't always that. And he's sort of like the eco terrorist. But he's also like, hey, Batman, take over for me make your father proud and it's like i'm i'm kind of sad that damian wayne wasn't around when this show was out because i feel like that would have been some cool stuff to add into this um and especially because this show was rated for kids so like they couldn't be too edgy and they had to actually like tell good stories to sort of get it in there and couldn't just rely on like let's say the f word and show someone almost naked like we did it
1: but at least this didn't have like the censorship issues of like the the animated spider-man series that came out in the 90s where Spider-Man can't throw a punch. No one can actually use guns. They have to have lasers at all times and stuff. <laughs> like that uh-huh. would have ruined the thematics of this series so much. Yeah. But to, to have that kind of like LA noir-esque uh, just setting consistently and mm-hmm. to be able to tell the stories they did at the time that, yeah, there's tons of innuendos like like rev up your Harley and stuff.
0: yeah 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 that classic (laughs)
1: yeah but it's still very much a show that any anyone from any age group can really enjoy which is awesome
0: yeah it's it's just what i like if if someone has never seen a batman or know what like if if someone woke up and they were like i don't know what batman is i'd be like hey watch this show like this is the piece of batman media that i think best captures the character and best consistently captures the character because batman is interesting, but it's his rogues gallery that really puts him over the edge, right? And it's all these colorful characters that he interacts with and and sort of bests um, a, a, as it goes on. It's it's not a hot take to say Batman the Animated Series is great, but I think it's an important <laughs> thing to get out there because it's just the joy. Yeah. And so did, did you did you also watch Batman Beyond, which was sort of the, the sequel show where it took place in, I don't know, like 40, 50 years later?
1: Yeah, I did spend a, a lot of time with Batman Beyond, but as a kid, I couldn't appreciate it surprisingly like I, I remember as a kid identifying this one as like a darker series but it was originally penned as supposed to be like the lighter one because we have bruce wayne now as the old man and we have our our young protagonist terry mcginnis taking up the cape and cowl well really just the cowl because he doesn't have a cape
0: no no um, no, no capes
1: yeah no cape but it, it <laughs> was uh it was a huge departure but at the same time still really enjoyable and i would say that this probably like i revisited batman beyond a couple of years ago this mm-hmm. this feels more consistently written to me than the animated series
0: really that's interesting
1: yeah because they i forget how many how many seasons they had for batman beyond but it was just around the same amount as the i think, I think animated.
0: it was three as opposed to four for the animated series but yeah because
1: uh, eventually it got canceled yeah and they were at least able to send it off nicely with return of the joker
0: yeah, that that was you know, Phantasm did um, did the animated series proud, and uh, Return of the Joker I think really did Batman Beyond proud. Yeah, as well, which is also a very dark, a very dark movie <laughs> with the stuff it it explored. Yeah, Batman Beyond was one that I I really liked. It felt a bit more made for teens as opposed to made for kids. And again. I don't think that animated series was really like made with only kids in mind. Like, I think you can enjoy it at any time, but I think this was a show that also hit you when you're like, Hey, you're a teenager watching the show or you're like 12 or, you know, approaching that age. And it's like, Terry's also a teenager. And he's, cause he's, he's the star of the show, right? He's the one that you're invested in as a character. Um, yeah, Shway. and I felt, th- yeah, Shway. <laughs> oh man. What I forgot about what the a slang. word. <laughs> so Shway. Uh, it's it. I, I i'm glad they went with something like that because it, it it didn't even make sense back back when this was coming out but yeah. it's great it's got like a timelessness to it as as a result uh but i really liked it it, it, it ha- had that dark tone it had some good villains i it didn't have as good villains as animated series and i think they they overused the jokers a lot and made yeah. them as sort of like because they were just basically like a street gang kind of thing And didn't have the same punching power as some of these heavyweights that the animated series has.
1: Yeah, it was interesting how they tackled, like... They they put a lot of time into the Royal Flush Gang, which was a really interesting one. I like how Mm -hmm. they executed that a lot. Um, More of their original villains, like, yeah, they they couldn't have a Joker. Because eventually we would find out that, oh, Mr. J is already dead in (gasps) return of the Joker. But um, it was also just interesting to catch up to ones because... There would be cameos of, of characters like Bane. And it's like, oh, yeah, I bet Bane still can kick ass. Nope. He's an old man in a chair. He's essentially a vegetable. Venom, yep. it it destroyed him.
0: It did. It really did. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, he also has like a really dark um, origin, which isn't new to Batman, but it's explored like at the beginning of the show kind of thing where um, his, his his dad gets killed um, yeah. by, by this uh, Paxton Powers or Derek Powers Uh, who runs the company. I'll say that. (laughs) I I just remember the line: "Paxton Powers pollutes. Paxton (laughs) Powers pollutes." They were like they were protesting there. Uh, But he, Terry's father Warren, like he he discovers that 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 Derek Powers is like making biological weapons, and he decides to um to confront him about it, and then he gets taken out, and then you know Terry decides to become Batman Beyond, and. I think the last thing I want to say about this series is that I like the relationship between Bruce Wayne and, and Terry. Cause Bruce by this time is very dark Knight returns, very like set in his ways, very stubborn. Not that, not that Batman's never like, I mean, that's a lot of his character that he's a stubborn guy, but even more so like aged an extra 40 years. And <laughs> yeah. we're like, everyone, everyone he ever like loved has like left him kind of thing. And he's just like, Living in his basement with his dog, who's who's super cute, but uh, yeah, Ace. It, it was a really nice, yeah, oh, good old Ace. But it was it was a really great, uh, really re- relationship between sort of the young Terry McGinnis, who's energetic, and then this 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 older, uh, darker Bruce Wayne.
1: Now, now here's a question that I have for you, Alex. Did you ever watch Justice League Unlimited?
0: Oh, I love that show.
1: Did you watch the final episode that clues into Batman? Beyond? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes.
0: Where he's talking to Amanda Waller. And
1: it turns
0: out, uh, what does it turn out, Cole? Oh,
1: I thought you were gonna say,
0: I well, <laughs> I, I was. No, no, no. I'll say it turns out
1: that Terry McGinnis is actually Bruce Wayne's son. Oh my gosh!
0: Wild, wild, yes. wild, wild. Especially I how don't...
1: Amanda Waller pulled that off. Jesus Christ!
0: Yeah, yeah. Amanda Waller in Justice League animated series is I, uh, the the best Amanda Waller. And, like, not that I like her, because her character is one that you're not supposed to really like, but also, like, sometimes she does the right thing, but uh, it's it's good, yeah. It was just such a good time to grow up and be able to watch the animated series, Batman Beyond, Justice League Unlimited, Justice League. I mean, the original TV show, it was such a golden age for DC uh, animated shows, yeah. which, I mean, the, the Justice League shows don't get the same acclaim as the, as the Batman ones do. And, I mean, this is a Batman episode, so it's sort of weird to talk about that, but also really love that show, because... As much as Batman, the animated series highlights the villains. Like there's so many cool heroes in, in Unlimited and the, the regular show.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Lots of fun, but uh, you know, we also play video games, right, Cole? Oh
1: yes, we do play the video
0: games. And uh, Batman's Batman sort of became a a fantastic video game character thanks to thanks to the Arkham series, which are. Um, all thought of as as good great games maybe one of them's thought of as a good game maybe one of them we don't talk about you know (laughs) but uh what is your what is your thing with the arkham series have you played it all Have you played some of them
1: oh yeah i have played all of the arkham series multiple times including origins which is
0: oh my gosh
1: which is considered non-canon and should be wiped from the record but (laughs) i still think it's it's not as
0: good it's not as good as the other ones but it's still like Compared to a regular game, it's it's you know it's not all that different. It's just more Uh,
1: Arkham, and it tells the origin stuff.
0: Yeah, that's why they call it Arkham Origins.
1: Who would have guessed?
0: It was crazy. Uh, The one I was actually talking about was uh the Arkham Origins Blackgate version for 3DS and PS Vita. Oh Uh, god, I forgot
1: that was a thing.
0: (laughs) Just just turning the Arkham series into like a side scroller kind of thing was just
1: yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Because until that point, we had we had a good selection of Batman games. I mean, I mean, we had Batman Forever. We had uh, a couple of animated series games. Batman Beyond even had a return to the Joker game. Yeah. The issue is they were all garbage.
0: They were garbage. Yeah. That was. <laughs> it was it was the era where like everything had a game, though. And it yeah. was like, hey, have you seen that new movie? That's out? have you have you seen Shark Tale? Well, play the Shark Tale game. It's like, whoa, the fact that we
1: used to have tie in movie games with like children's cartoons
0: was insane so what if like the video game industry just had more money to burn or if like these they just didn't put like or, or if it was just cheaper back then to make games which i mean it was cheaper but like yeah uh, looking but, at like that whose bit,
1: idea was it that like yeah we got to make an over the hedge video game to coincide <laughs> with over the hedge
0: i don't know what kids saw over the hedge and was like no i do to play the video game it's like yeah. what would that even what is that game what are you <laughs> uh, what it's hmm.
1: I actually played that game one night. Did you like it? No. Oh, okay. Oh, it okay. was a sleepover where me and my friend Jesse, we were like, there's nothing out right now. And it's either pick up the crappy Batman game or pick up Over the Hedge.
0: Wow. You chose yeah. Over the Hedge over a crappy Batman game. And I respect yeah. that. I, because that's the least s-
1: Over the Hedge was surprisingly co-op. But it was that's still-
0: Oh, that's good. I mean, that makes sense because there's, you know, more than one animal in that game. Yeah. In movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good so uh what who's your favorite over the hedge character cole <laughs> yeah. well that, we we won't get into that because i
1: don't remember anyone
0: okay good 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 uh but the arkham series is uh, my, 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 my favorite of the three is arkham city um and yeah that was respected on choice. wii u played it on wii u i played the um the, the wii u had a special edition wasn't it had, called, like, a the special armored edition? Yes, yes. Uh, Arkham City Armored Edition, where you could press a button on your Wii U gamepad when when you've charged up your ability, and Batman gets like extra like lightning glove armor thing, and it was kind of cool to play. Um, and honestly, you know what? The Wii U being able to use a tablet for like other things in a game is is really cool. That they, they did it with um, the James Bond game too, where you could. Um, it was sort of an a asynchronous game where like the person, the people on the TV had one experience. And the person who was on the tablet had their own experience. And they were like, it was a 4v1. And it was like very intense that way. Uh, But yeah, the Wii U is great. Just like the Over the Hedge game. But (laughs) Arkham City, even better. It it, it did such a great job of highlighting all the different Batman villains. I mean, similarly, to the animated series, which is what is important. But also just making it fun to go through it. And that final um, fight with the Joker, who's also, again, voiced by Mark Hamill. and, And Batman by Kevin Conroy. It was just it felt it it was the first time i felt that i was controlling batman and it actually worked and it was it, it was it was a fantastic game and i mean it's cuz i played arkham city before asylum i went back and played asylum after and i enjoyed that one too but city's the one that stands out to me
1: yeah city is definitely the one that stands out to me as well i think that it's a fantastic sequel for following up from asylum because asylum was basically like a metroidvania game where it was hey we we've Built out this asylum and, and made it really detailed and tons of room to explore and stuff. But then, city literally opens this up to like huge suburbs of Gotham that have been taken over by Blackgate prisoners and Arkham Asylum people, and of course, uh, the huge Rogues Gallery that we tackle in that game.
0: Yeah, and it's—I mean—the game called is called Arkham City, but it's you, you're exploring the city, you're going to these different things, and you have your story missions. But this is also the first game for me that I. Did all the side missions in a game and oh, it was did you actually do
1: all the riddler stuff
0: uh i i don't remember i remember i did a lot i did i did far more than i should have because those were not fun those yeah. were it that was hey let's open the wiki and go like one at a time through these things because some of those were just so dumb but
1: yeah like i i really like how asylum tackled it where it was Mm. literally solve riddles like we have we have like little easter eggs scattered throughout the levels and this was a great way to explore it and look at all the details that the devs put in and then when city rolled around it's like now they're just trophies
0: throw your batarang from (laughs) 600 meters away at this angle and it's like okay great thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you (laughs) Uh, I mean, the games also had Grey DeLisle, who vo- who voices Daphne and Scooby Doo and Azula in Avatar as Catwoman. She did a great job as that. Um, it's just a really fun Batman game. Yeah. And uh, did did you also play Batman: Arkham Knight? I did. Arkham
1: Knight mechanically is the best. Story wise, I'd place it near the worst.
0: Yeah, it's very predictable. It's like, oh, who could the Arkham Knight be? And it's like it's Jason Todd. Oh, who could yeah. the Arkham Knight be? It's Jason Todd? It's like right away. And that might be because, hey, like, you know, we we've we read a lot of comics, but it's also like they bring up Jason Todd in like the first two hours of the game, and there's a mysterious figure. And, and it's like,
1: like, like, oh Batman. Troy Baker, who could he possibly play that would fit in here? Yeah. Maybe Jason Todd
0: yeah but
1: the, the, the interesting thing about that was that rocksteady like was adamant no the arkham knight is a completely original character it's not jason todd and then we get into it it's like we knew it's it was jason todd,
0: todd. yeah it's such it's such a funny sort of like just choice by rocksteady to be like yeah it's not him buy the game enjoy it experience <laughs> it and it's like you know what if you told us it was jason todd at the beginning i wouldn't really care but I think the fact that they were like, no, it's not. Experience it. And then I beat the game and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's Jason Todd, okay. I mean, yeah. It's cool. <laughs> it's very interesting. It would have been cool if they did sort of a Phantasm switch where it was like someone else and it was like, oh, that's cool. And it like, tied back to the first, uh, you know, Asylum game and maybe it tied back to City 2. But uh, it's clear it wasn't like, I mean, maybe they always planned on a trilogy, but that wasn't part of the what was, you know, planned, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I don't know how much it was planned either with that. Because yeah. uh, ultimately it was that like, one was like a asylum was basically like a continuation of the animated series, which was really cool. Brought all the cast together and, and had a great time. City so was like, okay, we can build this out more, and now we have the yeah. Joker's death. And then night yeah. is that Joker, even in death, is still persistent. Is still on Batman's mind in the form of this viral outbreak now.
0: Yeah and and i like that like i'm I'm happy that we got to see mark hamill again and listen to his voice because after city i was like well he's dead he's not going to be he's not going to be in it anymore uh, but i felt that in city they handled and, and asylum too that they handled the villains well and sort of gave them their chance to shine whereas knight was like hey it's jason todd and it's the joker in your head and everyone else is sort of not as important and yeah. as much as as much as the joker is the main villain and you know all the games basically it's the other ones do get a chance to shine and in night it was like oh they don't really not as much but i enjoyed i enjoyed driving the batmobile i think i was one of the few people who liked that so
1: yeah my biggest disappointment with night though i'll I'll never forget how disappointed i was with this Mm -hmm. was that i had reached the end game of night so i was doing the nightfall protocol where you can unlock the secret endings and stuff um And one of them is that after you defeat the knight, it's like, well, who's going to... Who else is going to talk to me now when I destroy all their mines and blow up their traps and clear their outposts? Oh, it's Deathstroke. And until this point in the game, boss fights have been pretty mediocre. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, this one they can nail. Let's fight Deathstroke. And so I (laughs) do all the challenges. I complete all I can. And then... It's a tank battle. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's a tank battle. And well, when he what... pops out of the tank, I'm like, okay, you know, there's a redemption here. We can still duke it out. We can still fight. No, I punched him once and he's down.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's a strange decision for a guy who's like, hey, I'm a mercenary who uses like big swords and big guns and I attack you. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and that's clearly like a hey. We really want to show off this tank. That was our big thing in this game. But it it did sort of wear on as it went on. They're like, yep, we this this is a central thing. And it's just not as fun as beating someone with your hands or your gadgets as you're going. Yeah. As fun as I it was to the drive. The
1: DLC was a lot better with that. With the Season of Infamy, I believe it was called, where it mm-hmm. brought back Killer Croc and a, and a ton of those characters that yeah. you could at least punch. That was fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just want to punch some people. That's all I want, Cole. Yes. That's, that's all I want. Um, so who's your favorite Batman actor then?
1: Ooh, we're going to break into some live action, huh? Yes. Um, That's so difficult. Like, for the overall package of a Bruce Wayne and a Batman, <laughs> I don't think we currently have beaten Christian Bale. Okay. And what makes Christian Bale really work for me, despite how annoying the voice is, is just... How the two personalities are are so beautifully, I, I would say, intertwined, like they are still very distinct, but how they play off one another and how they transition into one another, uh, I think is done beautifully in the Nolan trilogy.
0: Right, because I mean, like, in, in the thing, Bruce Wayne is like, a big thing is that he's really, he's really into, um, he's, you know, he, he, he loves um, Rachel McAdams character, right? And it's it, it's something that drives him when he's Batman too. And he's sort of like it's it does seem like a sort of seamless thing where he's very he's very close to being uh Batman as he is Bruce Wayne. And a and because when he's Bruce Wayne, he's still like launching launching sort of punches, but they're like verbally kind of thing. Like when he's talking to Harvey Dent and like, you know, making fun of him the whole time and he's like sizing him up at the same time, it feels like a very intense but also laid back. And it's 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 a really cool um juggling act there by by Christian Bale. Yeah and then yeah i mean and and the dark knight series that's you know also good stuff and i think similarly to the to to the video games we just talked about it's like the first one was good the second one was the best and the third one was i mean it was it was enjoyable but yeah. it, it doesn't live up to the other two movies i don't know not not really yeah i still
1: think that it has like a go- a lot of good themes and it executes on a on a good few things but it's yeah. just how it wraps up at the end i think that I don't know. I think we, we start to get a little too messy when we bring in Talia and stuff.
0: Yeah. And like how Bane gets like tossed out there. And then you have the whole thing where, where, where that um, police, police guy turns out to maybe be the Robin or the new Batman, maybe who, who really knows. Um, and then there's yeah. that scene where they're in Paris. I don't know. I, I, I kind of like that scene where Alfred just waves. He He just nods. He's like, yes, I'm glad you're happy, Bruce. And it's like, <laughs> this could have just been a metaphor you didn't have to actually find him in a french town and nod at him but uh
1: like if they didn't show bruce and catwoman and it was just like he looks at them or whatever and then Mm -hmm. gives the nod everyone would have known what he was
0: looking at it would have been fantastic if it was just his reaction he he sits in a restaurant he smiles he nods and then the movie ends and it's like nice like you respect your audience a little more then you know as opposed to like Bruce Wayne sitting there and, and, and Anne Hathaway sitting there and they're like, Oh, let's do it. Yeah. But what about
1: you, Alex? What is your favorite live act <sighs> Batman?
0: Uh, it's gotta be Ben Affleck. I think he just, his time with the character was just so influential <laughs> and I'm so happy that he's coming back in, 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 in the Snyder cut. I my, know my most... how
1: much you, you're dying
0: for that cut. Oh, I'm dying. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yikes. Uh, No, I mean, it's, you know, I like Christian Bale and all that. But again, my my sensibilities and my sort of um, appetite for Batman is a lot more when he's more fun and maybe poking a little fun at himself or doing some crazy things. I mean, we started off this episode with a quote from um, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, in which Batman is just straight up hilarious like he's, he's he's hilarious he's super angsty and he's like going to war with jimmy olsen which is you know jimmy olsen's a kid with a camera like calm down batman but yeah. uh, i just love adam west batman i just love how how much fun he is and how how he, it perfectly distills that era of comics onto the page and it's the last it i'd say it's the second last change that batman's really had because once once he sort of got gritty he's been gritty since then yeah and he's sort of been this dark knight and there's really like two eras of Batman. There's the Adam West era, and there's everything else. Uh, dude, to me, at least. I mean, some, some get darker. You get the Dark Knight Returns, but it's either he's uh he's surfing and you know using his bat shark repellent, or he's like gritty and dark. Yeah,
1: I, I think though, like mm-hmm. the despite thinking that like the Nolan trilogy is probably the best executed Batman films. Yeah, the one without a doubt I have watched the most in terms of live action is still Batman Forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As a kid, I so so forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's got Arnold Schwarzen. Wait, anyway, is-, is that the one with Arnold? No, <laughs> that's oh, wait, no. Carrie. <laughs> is it the one with um the Riddler and Two Face?
1: Yes, that's right. Oh, Tommy Lee and yeah, okay, Tommy J- Lee Jones, Val Kilmer,
0: yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I like both those movies cuz the villains are like super campy and like super fun. Yeah. Uh, I still
1: enjoy campy movies. I like I love them.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, we've sort of got that with like Lego Batman, which is like a Batman that's not as serious, that kind of stuff uh, going yeah. forward. Uh but you know, the live action ones and I don't think that's going to change with <laughs> with Robert Pattinson's movie. I think that one looks pretty edgy and you know, I'll watch it. Maybe I will like it, but uh, it's just nice when they're they have fun with these characters that are like and these villains and the, these crazy stories and they and they realize that they're that they're kind of silly but that's what kind of makes them enjoyable
1: yeah i actually don't have any live action experience with adam west and burt ward I've, i I don't think i've even seen a single oh, really? episode of batman 66 yeah the, the, yeah the the thing that i do have experience with was uh, once again another thing i used to rent at video 99 was uh, the animated show of the time that still was voiced by Adam West and Bert Ward?
0: Right, right, yeah. They played a lot of Batman within those two years because yeah. I mean that show—it's got something like it's got over like 120 episodes, all filmed, all released within like two a two year span, starting in 1966, which is which is insane. And I mean, it's it's interesting because I I really enjoy it, but every episode is kind of the same thing. Like it's the same sort of setup and the same sort of thing, especially because they do like two part and three part episodes. So like the first part, they, you know, they meet the bad guys and then they hit a wall and the second time they get captured and the third one they escape and then they got to like come back and do it. And it's very, um, by the numbers that way. But again, the villains are so much fun. You got Cesar yeah. Romero with his, uh, with his mustache and his, yeah, I've and never shaved
1: it. I'm never going to shave it.
0: It's just, it, it's just wonderful. It brings, it's just so much joy. And Adam West is great. Uh, I remember, remember watching Family Guy later on, and he he played Mayor Adam West. And yeah. I just love that character, knowing that it was Adam West and how silly that character was in that show too, where he was just always like saying things like, that makes no sense, dude. And it's it's wonderful. He still um, had a
1: costume persona, didn't he? Did, wasn't he like a Catman or something?
0: Adam West in the show?
1: Yeah, for Family he Guy. Was
0: the, he was the mayor of the town.
1: <laughs> no, but he had a costume persona as well. Yeah, I yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there was like an episode where he was like, yeah, where they played with but he, he's oh, a yeah, that. But right, right. he was a staple for like, you know, up until his death, like I think eight, like, you know, 15, 16 seasons of that show where he just pop up, which is which is cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Batman's cool. And now, I mean, now it's 2020. We just read three Jokers. But is there what is a Batman? You know, I guess we, we can end off on the comics. But what is the story or. A Batman story that means a lot to you or one that you, you really connect with?
1: My favorite Batman story, I think, is Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale's The Long Halloween. Ooh. Yeah. And the reason why it has a lot of attachment to me was uh, because I got the absolute edition from my uh, my ex-girlfriend at the time and stuff. And so it's a really nice memory that I have of that we shared where when I got that comic... And uh, I remember I was telling her, like, I'm sick of you buying me comic books. Please don't get me any more comic books. Like, maybe try a kid or something. <laughs> and she got me more books. And I was actually super thankful because she got me two amazing ones. And one of them was The Long Halloween. And we just, like, cuddled up together and read it together. And it was an awesome time. What about you, Alex? <laughs> Until Alex is back, I'll share more memories. So besides Long Halloween, the other book that my ex-girlfriend got me at the time was uh, Spawn Origins Collection Four, which was uh, which Spawn is another one of my huge favorite heroes, mainly because he's super edgy at the time. But uh, the thing I was doing at the time was I was collecting the Origins Collection. They're these really nice hardcover collections, but the one that made this one special was that it was actually signed by Todd McFarlane and numbered. And I own, I believe it's number twenty-seven of, of I believe a thousand copies were ever made. So I'm really into that.
0: I don't know what I missed, but I like, I like the numbering there. <laughs> Numbers are very important
1: when it comes to comics. As it's we all true,
0: know. it's the only thing that matters. Yes. Just keep buying those number Not ones. Not the folks. stories.
1: I just want to see the big number go up and reset every now and then.
0: Oh yeah, it's got to reset, but then it also has to go back very quickly, or I'll lose, I'll lose interest. So. <laughs> very exciting um but for me i i really like the classic batman stories like i have the old batman chronicles which are a um it's it's a collection of the original ones in in chronological order so i love reading those early stories because as much as i said that like uh, adam west captures that sort of uh comics at the time which it did because in the 50s and 60s batman was very campy but when he started this was a guy like toting a gun and like murdering villains and like going around and it was really dark stories, lots of murder and actual detective work going on, which I thought was really cool. Uh, so I like that. And then also Grant Morrison's run on the character uh, is for, f- for a similar thing, especially Batman RIP. Cause what he did in that yeah. one was like, you know, Batman had been going on for like 60 years by that point around. And he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a series where everything that has ever happened to Batman in any story is Canon. And let's, let's look at that effect on the, on on an actual person and what it would do to them. And it was like lots of fun and it took an interesting direction psychologically. Uh, It's got some weird points too, that are like, oh, that's early 2000s comic books being very horny. that's that's great. But for the most part, uh, I really like uh, his run on the character.
1: Yeah. The thing about his run that makes it special for me was that when I started collecting like Batman trades, Like, uh, of course, I'm picking up year one. I'm picking up Dark Knight Returns. And I look at Batman R.I.P. and I'm like, well, that looks interesting. Let's try that. So it's effectively I jump to the last chapter of the run (laughs) with no context as to what the hell happened before that consumes like 12 other trades.
0: Yeah, that's 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 rough, especially since Grant Morrison is a writer where you often have to read his stuff more than once to, like, get what he's talking about.
1: Like, yeah, I, like I was I... so thrown off when <laughs> Zur and R showed up and I'm like, what the f- fuck is this?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. And
1: Batmite? Oh, God.
0: They, they released a um, a collection of classic comics that Grant Morrison, like, took ideas from. Because, you know, s- saying that Batman's whole thing is is canon, but he took like specific ones, and I have that one too, and it's like his original meeting with the Batman of Zorona, and his meeting with Batmite, and the time that he was tw- turned into a gorilla, or the time when he had like a mind <laughs> experiment where he thought that Robin died, and Doctor Hurt did this experiment, and he's actually the bad guy in RIP, and all this, yeah. all this stuff goes on, but it's like a Morrison does such a good job of taking these like Silver Age wacky ideas and putting them into a modern way and keeping them fun, but also making them uh, with a bit more edge that also, you know, ties into how the character has been portrayed recently.
1: Yeah. Like not only was he like collecting the mythos to in this one uh, continued timeline, it was also, he's expanding on it too. Like this is where we were introduced to Damien.
0: Yeah. Who was insufferable at the beginning, like totally insufferable. (laughs) And I, I'm, you know i i often joke that comics don't change ever but damien's sort of move from really spoiled brat to like actual character you enjoy has been has been great i'm ha- happy it's happened but at the beginning man he's just like he's a dick Yep, race
1: really Raish and talia really put in some good values into that kid
0: yep 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 yep, yep. That kid, would... kid has kid has problems. i think he almost kills a, uh tim drake right away i like guess when his first thing he like
1: oh yeah I forgot about
0: that one. They're fighting and it's kind of intense. And then Tim Drake has a chance to like kill him and he's uh, Tim Drake's, I'm not gonna kill you. Like, come I'm on, robin. dude. I'm robbing. I'm and then like, yeah, Damien Wayne like beats his head. He's like, uh, Weakness, uh, little <laughs> bitch. Like, oh god, jeez. Calm down there, Damien. Um but yeah, and then the other book I want to highlight is Dark Knight, a true Batman story, which is one of the most interesting Batman stories I've 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 um read. And it's by it's written by Paul dini who is a principal person on the animated series. Uh, but it's about the time that he was um, robbed and oh, beaten I... into, beaten to an inch of his life. Yeah.
1: I remember this now. This was a really touching story.
0: Yeah. So it it's, it's like a complete, you're, you're experiencing this guy's life, Paul Dini's life as it was then. And he's sort of like this sort of nerdy guy who's, who's, who's seen great success with the animated series, but he doesn't feel, he doesn't feel like he very accomplished and everything. And then one night he almost dies and it's the story of how these characters and how um you know the, the heroes and the villains helped him helped him, you know, get get his life back kind of thing. And it's 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 a very interesting book with with um art by Eduardo Rizzo, so it's it's really nicely done. It's it's a haunting story, but it's also it ends nicely and you know, Paul Dini's alive and well now, so uh it's very good, but it's a it's an interesting look at the impact that a character can have on someone, especially one as as, as prominent as Batman.
1: Yeah we connect with all sorts of characters and and such across our lifetime Mm. and once you're when Paul Dini obviously just becomes shattered because of the events and stuff like he was already on a downward trajectory but then this really you know like was nearly his final nail in the coffin but then seeing how they essentially just rebuild him and make him stronger than ever or at least to the point where he he looks at life as it's still worth living and worth, worth experiencing again.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's very much follows the arcs of a superhero story, except it's a true story of his life. Right. And his superheroic act is like deciding that life is worth living kind of thing. And it's, it's a very touching story that way. And his, his road to recovery, it's uh, definitely recommend checking out dark Knight: a true Batman story. Yeah. Is there anything else? Batman related or otherwise, Cole, that you wanna you wanna touch before we wrap up.
1: That's so hard. I'm I'm looking <laughs> forward. I, I will say that I'm looking forward a lot to the future of Batman. Comics wise, the big thing I would love to see change though is that I, I wish I actually said this during the uh during our uh look at Three Jokers was that yeah. um I would love to see a lot more risks taken with top tier characters like Batman and Superman and such, because one of the things that comics can do is that you can pull a character into any different direction. You can put them into any kind of situation and have a fun story that way. It doesn't have to be super serious, but, I would love to see development happen with these characters. You know, when mm. you branch off into new timelines and new reboots and stuff, redefine them, play with their character traits. You don't have to do the same thing. Like one of my favorite comics currently is Donny Cates's is Donny Cates and uh, oh, geez, Jeff Shaw. Uh,
0: is it Jeff Sh- for Venom? Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe. Oh, I'm um, Ryan Stegman. Yes, Ryan Stegman.
1: Yeah, their run on Venom is excellent. And Venom is a B-tier character. He, Even though he's highly recognized and, and everyone looks at him as like a Spider-Man villain. But yeah. when in comics he gets his own titles, he's an anti-hero. And so they can do all these cool things with him and really yeah. redefine who he is. And yeah, with Batman, cool. it's just minimal risk, minimal impact. And one of the biggest examples right now is the Joker War, which I hated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't even make it. Like, I, I read the first issue and I'm like, no, no. I mean, and and, and I'm someone who read all of Top King's run because I was at least like, where is this train wreck going to go? Or, you know, it wasn't always a train wreck, but it was something I didn't really like. Um also didn't buy the rest of Tom King's issues, but that's that's a, that's a different yeah. story.
1: I stopped but, at 50. But yeah,
0: that's, you know, good for you. Good for you. But James Tinian's just, right now, it doesn't seem great, which uh, at the same time, Department of Truth, he's he, it's a new series of his from Image. Fantastic, two issues in. Yeah. So it's interesting interesting what writers can do when they're not shackled to the big two also. Yeah, when they, when they, they can't have room play to...
1: too much with them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um. But for me, and, and this was how I started off the show, it was an excerpt from uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, where it's, you know, it's a Jimmy Olsen book and Batman shows up as the comic relief, which is yeah. funny and he's really angsty and he's talking about how, how it always rains, but uh, the rain never washes away the, the suffering of the innocent, the, the screams, and he's he's all angsty and stuff. And then like later in another issue, it's like uh, Batman's talking to Alfred and he's like, Alfred, how, how much have you paid people to laugh at my jokes all these years? <laughs> And the next panel is Alfred like, shit, he's like, $85,400, sir, how did you know? And then <laughs> and then Alfred walks away, and it's Batman just wearing one of those fake arrow through his head kind of things on his head, and like, no expression. And it's just, it, it's funny. Like, I mean, Batman can be super serious, but I love when he's the butt of the joke and he's still super serious and that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Um, like, the, the panels that jump out to me that you actually sent to me from this comic was when he's just talking to Jimmy, and he's obviously beaten to death. <laughs> And he has to, and everything he's saying is like, no normal human would ever talk like this. But I can believe that a very super serious Batman would.
0: Yeah, he says, usually when I'm involved with someone who has a pathology like yours, there's a bus full of dead school kids somewhere. But whoever wants to (laughs) kill you is entirely off my not inconsiderable radar. Do you understand what I'm saying, Jimmy? And then, yeah, it's just like, Batman's a character who's often so far up his uh, his own ass kind of thing. And it's just fun Like, you can tell these serious Batman stories that that have, have, you know, high stakes and sort of are mature for a reason, but you can also have fun with this character. This is a character that's been around for for over 75 years, and if you're going to tell the same old story over and over again, then there's really no point in telling these stories. Like, do something else with this character, because there's a lot of things that can happen with him.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But uh, yeah, you know what? I sometimes like Batman is my message, but not always. Not often. Maybe often. I don't know i'm still what a diehard fan what a nerd yeah nice we did it we did it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think that just about wraps it up for cgm flashbacks episode three wow three episodes already cole
1: i hope That's, we get renewed for a fourth
0: i don't know every, but the number, every
1: episode we have to renew the whole show
0: i'll take out another mortgage on my house don't worry well we'll get <laughs> we'll episode four and episode four is a surprise because I don't remember what it is right now. But we have the whole season planned. I believe and we we had a. It is. Oh, actually, now that I'm thinking about the timing and what month it already is, I think I might know. Yeah, but maybe not. Does it have to do with dueling or my head? It might have to do with some form of fencing. Wow, that's okay. That's not what I was going, but I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. We have a cyberpunk episode coming up, but again, we'll figure out when when cyberpunk comes yeah, out. Yeah, because that so.
1: just got delayed. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it's okay. It was a bonus episode, maybe. And yeah. you know what? Every episode's a bonus episode. Like I said earlier, when you're doing it with great people like Cole Watson. So, uh, Cole, where can people find you?
1: All of you beautiful people can find me at Kaiser underscore Watson on Twitter.
0: Wow, that's wonderful. You can find me at Alex Hanziak on all social media networks. You can find, you know, if you like this comic talk and want some comic talk with my friends at uh, Chad, Emily, and John Luke, check out uh, the comics podcast. We, we were able to get the name The Comics Podcast somehow, like wow, four years yeah. ago. And it was like, oh, shoot, that's, I don't know. It feels cool. feels cool. So check that out. And uh, in the meantime, give all your love to Cole. He's a little sick and he's still doing this podcast. So um, yeah.
1: Work through it.
0: We hope you enjoy Batman. And even if you don't enjoy Batman, we hope you're having a great day. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you in uh, two weeks. See ya.